Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Well, man, we are so excited that you are here. How many enjoyed worship? Will you help me thank the worship team? These guys do such a great job, and they, they come early to set up, and they practice for you. They practice the presence. Um, I, I was a worship leader for many years, and that was one of my favorite parts about being a worship leader was practicing the presence. Now, hey, we've got a couple of kids that we want to dismiss, and so if you want to go with Miss Tori, she's in the back, and I know that Miss Macy is already over in the kids' area, so go ahead and, I'm just kidding, she's sitting right there looking at me laughing like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know where I'm at. Don't pretend to know me. Um, man, we're just so grateful that you guys are here. I'm glad that we get to be together. In fact, there is a scripture, and it says, um, it says, they said unto me as we went to the house of the Lord, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. You know what that means? That means as people were going to church, they said, man, it's good to be in church. So I'd love it if you say this with me. Man, it's good to be in church. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Hey, have we transitioned into that mic? Wonderful. Cool. I'm going to get rid of this cable. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but heaven is going to be wireless. Come on, somebody. Wireless charger. Joe knows. Uh, wireless chargers. Uh, I guess we won't need Wi-Fi. I guess we won't need chargers, but everything will be solar powered. Um, and that's a cheap joke at Sun. Uh, you'll get it later. Um, hey, I wanted to just say a quick thank you to another the people who are watching with us online. So will you help me welcome them online? Hey guys, we are so glad that you are here. And I know that there are people who are watching live with us, but there are also people who are watching later. I'm even thinking of some of our volunteers who go and help with the kids. They, they will re-watch this service later today or, or maybe tomorrow. And we're just so grateful for you. I'm glad you're a part of this. Hey, um, this morning I've got a message and, and I just want you to know that um, there are some weeks that I really feel like God has given me a message and he like downloads it real quick. And there are other weeks where I feel like I've got to do the digging. <laughs> I've got to really dig deep and, and, and find what is, what is the Holy Spirit trying to say to us. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on a trip. I got to do some traveling and I'm not kidding you, in about a 30 minute span of time, the Holy Spirit just spoke about four or five messages to me. He said, this is, this is what legacy needs to hear. This is what we need to hear. And, and this morning, I'm, I'm excited to be able to preach to you uh, a message called The Hidden Harvest. So you guys ready to dive into the word with me? Come on. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Pull out your Bibles uh, or your cell phones. And uh, if you don't have either of those, we're going to put the words on the screen. But I'd love it if you'd do me a favor and stand with me. We stand for the reading of the word to honor the word. But uh, we're reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 10 through 15, and it says this, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And When we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient 
to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God this gift, uh, thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. We're talking about the hidden harvest. Father, we welcome you um, to speak whatever you want to do. Speak whatever you want to speak. Say what you want to say. But I, God, I pray that you would help me communicate this the way that you spoke it to my heart so that we can all, all have uh, a similar mind in Christ. God, we're grateful for, for what you're doing. And it's in your name we pray. And we all said together, amen, amen, awesome. Hey, you can take a seat. Um, I am not a gardener. Anybody else with me? Just not a gardener? I have a couple of sad houseplants. Um, and, and I say I have. Brittany has a couple of plants that I take care of for her. I know, sorry, I'm shots fired this morning. Um, I, it's my responsibility to water them, and I'm not going to lie. It, it, I'm, I, I, I struggle with it sometimes. Uh, so what I do is every Tuesday night when we have our small group, inevitably we have kids who will leave their water bottles half drank in our house. And so I just take that water, and I water all of the plants in the house, and that keeps me on a regular schedule. So whether the plant needs water or not, on Tuesdays it gets watered. That's just the way it is. Now, my mom's shaking, my, shaking her head because she knows that's probably not the healthiest way to do it. But I'll say this. It keeps me on a schedule, and they haven't died in over a year. So, come on, somebody. It's the little wins. It's the little wins. Um, I remember when Brittany and I first got married, we got some succulents. And we thought, man, how cool is this? You don't have to water these as much. You can just set them and forget them. And, and, and what a great thing that is until three weeks later when we like looked over and they are sad and wilty and they just look like death themselves. And it was horrible. And I thought, great. I'm less nurturing than a desert. This is amazing. I say all that because I'm also not a farmer. <laughs> If you put me in charge of crops, you would be in trouble. We'd all go hungry or we'd go to In-N-Out, one of the two. Um, I am just not a farmer. I don't know many farmers. I know a couple, okay? So I, I didn't consult them on this, but I know this. You have to plant a seed. You have to water the seed. You have to make sure that there's no weeds. And then when harvest time comes, you have to harvest. Because if you don't harvest on time, what is left will be wasted. We're going to grasp, hopefully together, the theological implications of what was just spoken. But what we need to realize is um, when we're talking about fruit in Scripture, fruit generally uh, represents two things. It represents people first. People are fruit, right? Uh, Jesus says it this way, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. So these are my people. The other option or the other translation for fruit is, is works. So now not only is it people, but it's also the fruit that those people produce, the work that they produce. Well, if that's the case, then, then we need to look at what does, it mean to, what does it mean to make sure that we're cultivating people? And then what does it mean to cultivate their gifts? Someone, uh, raise your hand if you were with me in Essentials this morning. We had a good crew over there. Uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five. Six was over here. Uh, oh, they're out getting coffee. <laughs> Slackers. My goodness. <laughs> Get in, church. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Um, 
In Essentials, we go over this. One of the steps that we, we like to walk people through is we like to tell people that you were designed with a destiny in mind. You have gifts that God the Father installed, almost like a software update in you when he created you. Anybody update to iOS 15 this week? No, okay, just a few, just a few brave souls. When, when you step into the calling that God has for, you li- for your life, there is an update that happens. There are new things that are unlocked in you, and it is your responsibility to take those and to cultivate those things in your life. Because if you will cultivate them, then we get to see what this, the beginning of this verse says, that, man, there are, there are a couple of really, really good things that come out of your obedience. But I know this about planting. Okay, I've planted enough seeds. I don't plant a lot, but I've planted enough seeds to know this. You will never see the harvest when you plant the seed. You never know the harvest that is in one seed. You just don't. In fact, did you know that if you planted a seed for, let's say, forgive me, I don't know what just happened. Let's say uh, you have a seed that you plant an oak tree out of. Well, did you know that that tree, that that seed has everything in it to produce generations worth of trees? That that one single seed, that one single grain has the ability to produce generations worth of shade. Generations worth of really strong, hardy wood that you can build things out of. Really, really cool acorns. Have you ever seen an acorn? It's pretty cool. I don't know why. I like popping the little thing off the top of them. I'm just destructive like that. But it has everything in it that it needs to produce generations from now more of itself. And so I wonder if we looked at our relationship with Christ this way, that there are things that God has put in you, in each one of us, that will produce generations of harvest, that will produce generations of giftedness, of financial stability, of healing, that there are things that God has specifically put in you that he needs you to give away to other people. So my question to you is this, if you don't see the, uh, if you don't see the harvest when you plant the seed, are you willing to take the step of faith to plant the seed? Are you willing to become a seed? Are you willing to say, Christ, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do? If you call me here, I'll go here. If you ask me to do this, I'll do this. I know when, when I felt called to plant a church, um, there was just this kind of uh, abandonment to whatever God wanted me to do. I, I fought it for a little while. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot of work doing what we do here. We've, we've seen almost 30 people give their lives to Christ this year. That's worth it. Tonight... We are celebrating as multiple people take the next step of faith in their, in their walk of faith with Christ, and they're being baptized in water. Come on. That's awesome. I hope, by the way, that you guys will join us. We will make sure that you all have the address, but please, 5 o'clock, uh, we're going to do it in Santa Ana. We've, we've had some people uh, kind of let us use their backyard. They've got a huge backyard. We're going to go have a party. There's going to be pizza and drinks and cookies but then we are going to baptize some people. And if you want to jump in and swim, jump in and swim. Have a great time. But let's just hang out as a family. We celebrate community. It's one of our values. Did you know that? 
One of the things that we said from the very beginning this church is going to be known for is we want to celebrate the community. We celebrate the community of people, of believers here in our church. That means tonight when when Robert gets baptized and when Xavier gets baptized, we're going to go crazy for them as we we champion them and taking the next step of faith in their walk. But then we also celebrate our, our larger community, the city of Tustin. And so this Saturday, I want to encourage you, be with us. We're going to be marching. Marching is such an official term. (laughs) We're going to be walking casually uh, in the Tiller Days Parade. We've got a float that we're building on the back of a pickup truck, and we're going to be handing out wristbands and otter pops to everybody. And we are so excited to love people this way. And I say love people because I know it works. All year, the year after we did the first Tiller Days Parade, we saw people wearing our bracelets around town. In fact, all of the policemen came up to us at our booth uh, last time we did it, and they said, hey, can we get some of the wristbands? We just we really like those, and they go with our uniform. <laughs> so vain. We have some, like, very beautiful cops here. <laughs> uh, that was a weird statement. Moving on. <laughs> so we celebrate our community. We celebrate here, but we celebrate also uh, the entire city of Tustin. So we'd love it if you guys would come out and walk with us. Uh, it's going to be from 10 to noon, and we're just going to show up and love our city. We're going to be cutting up uh, or cutting off the little tops of, of otter pops so that people can enjoy them right then and there. And if you want to sneak an otter pop, I won't tell on you. I'll just let you do it. Um, so I have, I have a question for you here. You ready? If we believe that fruit are people, what people are you overlooking? Is it possible that in our busy day-to-day lives, we could overlook people that God has put in our lives to minister to to get a harvest from? Is it, is it possible that we could overlook people? I'll be honest with you. It's possible for me. It's possible for me. I can get so caught up in the details. I can get so caught up on checking the next thing on my list off that I can forget that all of this revolves around harvesting people. All of what we do is to bring people to this moment that we will have in a few minutes of turning their lives over to Christ. This beautiful moment where people get to make a decision that will impact the eternity for them. Is it possible that we're overlooking these people? I hope that we center ourselves in our relationship with Christ and we stop overlooking people. Because if that's the fruit, if that's the harvest that God's talking about, I don't want to miss it. Um, There's a great story in John chapter 4, and I won't drag you through the whole thing, but it's the story of the woman at the well. Anybody heard this story? Okay, so you have the the woman at the well, and and he's talking, and and she says, hey, will you give me uh, a drink of water? And he said, no, you give me a drink of water. She's like, no, you give me a drink of water. Why are you talking to me? No, you give me. It was just the back and forth. And finally, he said, hey, if you knew who you were talking to, you, I would give you something to drink, and you would never thirst again. And she's like, bet, that sounds good. I'll take it. Bless you. That's the cutest sneeze all day. Oh, get it. Um, sorry, he's just really cute. So then you have this, the rest of this conversation, and the disciples leave to go get Jesus' food. And as they're on their way back, they see him talking to the Samaritan woman, and they're like, did you get him food? Like, we're coming back with his food. Did someone get him food? Did he bring, like, did he not tell us that he had a snack pack in the back? What's going on here? And so we pick up in John chapter 4, verse 35, and Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. 
and from finishing his work. Pause right there just for a second. Um, I think it's really important that we realize that when Christ starts something, he finishes it. And if he's not finished with it, stay put. I don't know who that's for, but if God started something in your life, stay put till he's done because he will finish it. It's one of his promises. He will bring the good work that he started to completion in you. Verse 35, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. So he's like, you guys have a saying, there's four months till harvest. But I'm saying, look around. Start looking for the people that you could be overlooking. Start paying attention to what I've put directly in front of you. Start paying attention to what I have personally called you to. The harvesters, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped a part here. It says, uh, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Isn't that crazy? So he kind of turns this thing on his head where, where they're going to bring him food, and he's like, no, 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 like I have food. My nourishment comes from doing the will and finishing it, which, by the way, is the way that we're supposed to do. So I guess the next logical thing to say is if God has called you to do something, do it and do it to completion. Do it to the point where you feel like, man, God's blessing this. God's called me to do something, so finish that thing. But then he says the harvest will be people. The harvesters are busy. There is so much harvest, but the harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both planter and harvester alike. Now, again, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know what it's like to plant a field and to harvest the field, but I know what it means to set up and tear down on a Sunday morning. It was funny, Michaela was talking to me earlier. She's like, hey, what if we had a team that set up and then uh, a different team that tore down? I'm like, man, that sounds like a great plan to me. I love it. We just got to get more people here to help us. We need more people stepping into their gifts. And I don't just mean the setup and tear down. I mean stepping into all kinds of different gifts that, that the Holy Spirit will give us. So he's saying, how much joy is it for the person that plants the seed? So that person, that friend, that family member that you've been ministering to and putting a seed in, there is coming a day when that seed will be called to bear fruit. Whether or not they choose to do it, it will be called out of them at the day of judgment which, by the way, is a real thing. People don't like talking about this. I was telling the essentials, like, heaven's a real place. Heaven's, or hell's a real place. Heaven's real. Hell's real. Heaven's eternal. Hell's eternal. Heaven's going to be awesome. Hell, not so much. I hope that when the day of, of Christ's return comes, he says, well done, good and faithful servant, to every single one of us. But you know what? It's going to take each one of us sowing a seed. It's going to take each one of us not just planting the seed, but watering the seed. And it might not even be your seed. We don't have time to be possessive over our seed. There's too little time and too many people who need the water, who need the nutrients of what you have to be worried about, well, I'm going to be the one to pray the sinner's prayer with them. Dude, I don't care if I pray the sinner's prayer with them. Let's just get them in. 
Let's see them come to know Christ. And if you pray with them, great. And if I pray with them, awesome. And if we pray together with them, how much cooler is that? Because it says at the end here, there will be celebration. What a joy awaits both planter and harvester alike. 37 says, you know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. You know what that means? That means that sometime in someone's past, they had planted a seed, and you're going to get the harvest for someone else's planting. That's pretty cool. You know what? I I know this. Um, There are so many people who have given their lives to Christ in this church but very few of them heard about Christ for the first time in this church. And I'm okay with that. I love celebrating with people who have just accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. In fact, I remember the very first person who gave their life to Christ in our church. His name's Colin. And uh, he gave his life to Christ because of an experience at a drive-thru window with me. And uh, some of you have heard that story before. I won't tell the whole thing, but... He basically came to me and said, I've been reading my Bible for six months and I don't know what I'm reading. Will you help me? Yeah, sure. So we sat down and for a couple of hours, he asked me question after question after question about who is Jesus and and what is the Trinity and, and what does he have for me to do? And by the end of our conversation, he goes, okay, I think I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I did not plant that seed. He had been reading the Bible for six months. And before that, he had gone to Saddleback as a kid, where in kids' church, he heard about God's goodness in his life. But this was 17, 18 years in the making, and we got to say the prayer. And so whether we plant the seed or we harvest, I want you to celebrate with us. It's a good thing. Then did you know when one person, one, just one, Jim, it's when you or me give our lives to Christ, There is a huge party in heaven that erupts immediately because of one person. That's pretty special. I mean, I I remember trying to figure out a way to responsibly bring in confetti cannons for when people gave their lives to Christ. Right up until the point we lit a a, a confetti like popper off in my living room. Oh, gosh. Guys, it was so bad. I'm not kidding you. For 18 months, we were cleaning up confetti. And I thought, I just can't do that to the school. But that is the level of excitement that, that heaven has when just one person gives their lives to Christ. That's what a harvest looks like. When we are intentional about making sure that people know Jesus and know what he's called them to do. So what people are you overlooking? And I want you to actually take a second. And if you've got a, a, a pen and paper, write their name down. If you want to take out your phone and shoot them a text, shoot them a text. But think, God, show me the people that I'm overlooking. Show me the hidden harvest. Because I guarantee you, if you ask him, if you pray that prayer, he will show you. It's just the craziest thing that he always answers. I don't know how it works. He just does. So then I've got another question for you. You guys ready for another question? Come on. Hey, church should be fun. Okay? It should be fun. I I, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of God, but nothing in the presence of God dies. So it shouldn't be boring. If we're here together, this should be fun and engaging. And I'm not saying that to to hype you up. I just want to give you hope that there's actually good in store for us together. The second question is this. What gifts are you overlooking? If fruit represents people and gifts, people and works, what gifts are you overlooking? 
It's funny, a lot of times we hear like in the story of Zacchaeus or uh, even in the Garden of Eden, we hear multiple times about uh, sycamore fig trees. Did you know that sycamore fig trees, uh, like in the story of Zacchaeus, he's able to climb that tree because the, the tree trunk stands really wide, but then the branches start really low. You have this tiny man, right? It says he's a small little dude. And he could climb up, so he had to be able to get to the first branch. So it's kind of telling us what it was like. Well, the other thing that it says is it has broad leaves. And the leaves cover the fruit. Did you know this? That when we think about fig trees, you actually have to lift up the leaf to see the fruit. There is a harvest in a fig tree that you may never see if you're not intentional about lifting up the leaf and looking. There are a ton of gifts in your life that you might overlook if you never lift up the leaf and look. I mean, it would be so cool if people would be uh, so kind as to take an hour of their life and just sit and say, God, what gifts have you given me? Where am I overlooking them? How can I better use them? I know that there are gifts of helps in this room right now. I know they're sitting on the second row because I've seen you, Jose, get out there with Jacob and you guys have single, well, double-handedly lifted those, those picnic tables up and helped us move things. I know that there is uh, uh, gifts of the words of knowledge in this room. I know there's the gift of prophecy in this room. That means that you're not just predicting the future. You're telling people this is what God is saying about the future. There's a difference. It's not a, a spit your, prefer, your preferred future. This is, this is what God has said about our future, and this is where we're going. I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, and one of them made an incredible point. One of the speakers said, we just walked through one of the craziest times in the last 100 years with COVID-19. Where were the prophets? Because if you look at scripture, every time something major happened to a nation, there was a prophet who got out in front of it and said, this is coming, you better be ready. Where are our prophets? And I don't mean the crazy ones. I don't mean the ones who get up on TV and call themselves the prophet and, and, and spew whatever they want to spew. Uh, I mean the ones that are consecrated and spend time in a closet alone with God with their head between their knees saying, God, what do you want me to say? What do you have for us and how can we be of service to you? Where are the gifts of hospitality? Where we are welcoming people into our home. Where we are entertaining people so that they have an experience at the dinner table. Like uh, we had a couple of weeks ago, well, I guess now a couple of months ago with our neighbors. We walked into their house and we sat down to their dinner table. And as they started to eat, Levi says, pray, food, and they go, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, We're, you're Christians. Yes, let's pray together. Well, now all of a sudden, because they had the gift of hospitality, there is fruit coming from their gifts, and they're not even believers yet. How crazy is that? That the Holy Spirit would work in every single one of us so well that he would say, I'll choose to draw you to myself before you even know me by name. That's pretty special. I was talking with Pastor Barbara about uh, guest experience, and I know we, we talked about this a little bit last week, but when I think of gifts of the Spirit, I think the most important gift of the Spirit is the one that is needed in that moment. 
So that doesn't mean that one gift is above the other. It doesn't mean that you're better than me because you speak in tongues. It doesn't mean that you're better than me because you have the gift of prophecy. It means we're all in the same playing field. We're just all called to bring our harvest to the field. Okay? That being said, do you know what Jesus Christ is doing right now? He is preparing a place for us. When we participate in hospitality, we are actively participating in the activity of heaven. Not only is there worship, but he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. I'll be back, but I got to go make sure that the, the carpets are vacuumed. I, I, I want you to come over for dinner, but I got to make sure that the toilets are clean. I don't mean that to be crass. I mean it to be practical, that Jesus is setting a table for us right now. And I, I know this because even as far back as Psalms, you see that he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. His hospitality matters. And so when we participate, when, when, when GE gets here and sets up the coffee and, and all of the signs and, and the, the, the cones in the street and make sure that you have guest cards on your chairs and, and pens, like that is all what Jesus is doing for us right now. And so there are, there are a couple of people that I'm actually going to personally text this week and say, hey, would you be a part of our guest experience? We need more people to welcome people so that we could welcome more people. It'd be really cool if we, could, if we could all participate in this together. I know that there are gifts here. Uh, Brittany and I were talking about it last night on the couch. There's, there's things coming up in the future, uh, you know, things like Thanksgiving and Christmas. No big deal, just little days in our and we are already having to plan for those as a church because we just, don't, we just don't know what they're going to look like yet. And that's life. But we're already thinking, man, whose gift are we going to use to see a harvest come to pass? Whose, whose gifts are we going to employ to see God's glory in the earth? In fact, we're going to take the week uh, the weekend after Christmas. Christmas is on a Saturday this year. We're going to take the Sunday off as a church, and we're going to do an online-only uh, experience. And that way, we can all be with our families, and those of you who travel can travel. And it also kind of just gives some of us who do this regularly a break, and it's going to be great. But we're already planning ahead of time. We're three, four months out now. What is that experience going to look like? We're planning now whose gifts are we going to use? Who are we going to uh, harvest with, basically? John chapter five, uh, 15 says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they, were, they will produce even more. Now, there's, there's a lot more here, but I think it's important that we realize that not all of our pain is from the enemy. Not all of our pain is self-inflicted. <laughs> Sometimes there are things that we go through that Jesus just says, man, I need this out of you. The next step that we're taking together, this can't come with us because I got to bear more fruit. It's funny, what I have noticed in our house plants is when one of the things, like one of the stalks or one of the leaves goes brown and I pick it off, I don't see any more brown spreading. 
It's a pruning. Now, pruning is good. Pruning is, is healthy. But it hurts the plant for just a second for a long-term benefit. And I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of times in my life where I've said, God, will you take this from me? Will you please take this from me? Will you please take this from me? And he's like, I'm trying. You've got to let go. God, will you take this attitude from me? God, will you take this porn addiction from me? God, will you take this addiction to this substance away from me? And he's saying, I will. Will you put down the bottle? I'll, I'll take it away from you. Will, will you set aside your preference? Will you stop being offended at me every time I would try to move in your life? Can I please harvest you the way that I need to so that I can be given glory? That's what we're after. That's a holy harvest, but it's hidden oftentimes because it's not like we walk around and we brag about what God took out of our lives. <laughs> we brag about, hey, we got a new house. Hey, we got a new car. Hey, we're in this job now. Hey, we got a raise. That's great. We, I don't see a lot of people bragging, hey, I lost a lot of money. But it's probably a good thing because I was so focused on that that I was missing what God was trying to do in my life anyway. I don't hear that. I'd rather hear that. Like, I'll celebrate with you when we celebrate. That's, that's great. But I love hearing stories of growth. When, when, when God takes something away from you, he's not taking it away from you to punish you. He's saying, no, no, no. You're invited into more. You're invited into more. I know you've got more in you. I've got to draw that out. Verse goes on to say this. It says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message that I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Now this might sound a little bit repetitive and it's because it is. Jesus talks repetitively. You know why? We're dumb. We need to hear it multiple times. I cannot tell you how many times, and she can't either, how many times I've had to go to Brittany and say, what did you say? I just can't. It's gotten so bad, guys, that right now, like, I, I, I'm really trying to work on this. I will call her or text her while she is at work to find things that I own at home. Hey, do you know where my blank is? And she'll always say, oh, yeah, it's right here where you left it, dummy. <laughs> We're dumb. Jesus has to repeat himself multiple times. But when he does repeat himself, you need to pay attention. He is constantly saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you will remain in me and I will remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you will bear no fruit. Isn't that crazy? Then he says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Check this out. Here's the promise. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. Most people stop at I am the vine, you are the branches. That's cool. But what I love is this line here. 
when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. You want to stop freaking out about whether or not you're saved? What fruit are you bearing? I don't have to worry about, am I saved or not? Because I've chosen to stay in Christ. And his promise says, if you will stay with me, I'll stay with you. We'll do this thing together. But you'll show that you're my true disciple by bearing much fruit. And so there are gifts here that we all have to come together and say, okay, we've, we've, we've got to do this together. We've got to start participating in life together. In fact, at the end of November, early December, we are going to, as a church, come together and financially we are going to give a gift. I'm prepping you for it now. Brittany and I have already started talking about what's the amount that we're going to give in our expansion offering for the end of the year, but we're going to see what God will do through our generosity. Because I don't know if you caught it, but the very first verse that we read here says this. It says, um, you will be enriched in every way that you can all, so that you can always be generous. Every gift he gave to you is supposed to be poured out on someone else. Every gift he gave to you is to be used for someone else and for someone else's glory. Now, the glory part, that's always God's glory. So what gifts are you overlooking? I had this thought this week, and I'll, and I'll start closing with this. Um, you hear a lot about this crown of jewels that we're going to have in heaven. Anybody heard about the crown? There is a crown that we are going to receive in heaven. And the jewels are the good things that we have done, supposedly. I, it's kind of vague, but the, the reality is this. It is the culmination of our life's work. It is the culmination of our discipleship to Christ. And in the ultimate act of surrender, we're going to lay it down at his feet. And so I started thinking about it this week, Matt. What things am I doing now to produce more jewels in heaven so that my crown is a better offering to God? I don't mean so that my crown's better than yours. <laughs> Let's do this together, shoot. If we can all start thinking this way, how can we sow seeds now to get a hidden harvest in heaven? This is not just about overlooking things. This is not just about using things. There is a harvest in heaven. My grandfather passed away um, three years ago uh, on the 11th of this month. And on that evening, Brittany and I sat down on the couch and we were talking about him. She goes, hey, do you want to talk about Papa for a second? Because let's talk. And I said, there's a part of me that like really truly misses my papa. You know, he was just such a fun guy and, and he was so good to us grandkids. There's another part of me that is truly jealous of him. Because all of the crazy questions that we have, he knows the answer to. All of the eternal um, awkwardness in scripture, I, I'm thinking of sovereignty I'm thinking of free will. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, why are we in a pandemic? Why are we dealing with abortion on the scale that we're dealing with? Why are we dealing with this? Why do you allow this, God? Well, Papa already knows. But what I also love is he is already in heaven with people some of us have ministered to. 
Some of our seeds have already been called to heaven. Some of our watering has already been called to heaven, and it's happening every single day. So what if we all lived this way, that we just started thinking, how much more can I give so that my crown is a better sacrifice? So that when I submit to my king, I can lay down an incredible crown to please him. And then I cannot wait to walk through heaven and hear all of the stories of what God did through me. I mean, the entire vision of our church is experience what God can do through you. And I just got to tell you, as much as I love that, you will never experience all that God will do through you until you're in heaven, until we're all in heaven. And then at the dinner table where we're all talking, and I guarantee you there will be brisket, I'm just prophetically claiming that it will be, we're going to sit and talk, and, and there are going to be people that are going to come to you, and they're going to say, Alpha, because you gave this, I gave my life to the Lord. It was three or four people, three or four generations removed, but because of your sacrifice, I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He's going to say, Andy, because of the gifts that you have, because of the gifts that you used for the kingdom, I came to know Jesus, and my kids came to know Jesus, and my grandkids came to know Jesus. And uh, let me tell you a quick story, and then we'll, we'll close. I know that there is a young, why are you laughing at me, Susie? You're just on the front row laughing at me already? Come on. There is a woman in heaven, her name is Irene, and she ministered to my grandfather's family. And she took my, my grandfather and his brother to a crusade, and they got healed, and they got saved, and the next week, the whole family got saved. And now, there, I think this is the 10th church that's been planted out of my family. I don't say that because the Papano family is, is this big deal. I say this because there is coming a day where I will be able to tell Jesus, I'm one of the 10 churches. Legacy is one of the 10 churches. You're gonna get to say, we were one of the churches that won people to you. We were one of the people that didn't overlook the hidden harvest. But yet, we live in anticipation of the hidden harvest. I can't wait to stand before God and say, I gave it everything. I hope you have the opportunity to say the same thing. When you operate in your gifts, there are two good things that come from it. Plant the seed by using your gifts, and the harvest comes when the needs are met, and they thank God for his faithfulness. I love that God allows us to participate in his goodness. He allows us to participate in his grand redemptive narrative. But then it kind of feels like this heavy weight on us, right? Like, oh, God, you put it on us? Like, <laughs> I'm not really that strong, am I? I'm not really that able, am I? Well, you're a seed. <laughs> you have gifts that are seeds. I'll say it to you this way. Sowing is your responsibility. Harvesting is God's. Obedience is your responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. If we will be faithful to what God called us to do, and I believe this, every single person in here has gifts, and every single person in here has resources, and every single person has something or someone that they are overlooking that can be used for the kingdom. 
Sowing is your responsibility. Harvest is God's. I hope this hits you the way it hit me. I was sitting down and, and there was worship music playing and I just remember thinking, man, I want to live my life for the hidden harvest. I don't want to overlook anything, but I also can't wait to see what we've done together. I think that's one of my favorite parts of being a part of this church specifically. I, I love that we get to do life together. I love that tonight we're going to come around two gentlemen, and maybe, maybe there's more people who need to be baptized, but we're going to come around two gentlemen specifically who have said, I want to take the next step in my, in my faith journey, and we're going to celebrate with them. We get to see a small harvest tonight together. And then on Saturday, we get to plant seeds. Because there's also this rhythm. I don't know if you know this. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a farmer, but I do know this. There's a rhythm to life. There's a rhythm to planting and to sowing. In fact, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything under the sun, a time to sow and a time to reap. And generally speaking, you sow and then you reap. And then you sow and then you reap. There's a rhythm to it. Most people don't realize you generally don't plant one seed at a time. You generally plant a whole field at a time. So I, I hope that we can come together as a church body. And say, Man, we we want to plant together. We want to water together. We want to harvest together. Will you bow your heads for just a second? I don't know if there's anybody in here who has felt like, man, this is speaking to me, and uh, I, I'm, I need to get my life right. But if that's you, uh, we want to pray a prayer together as a church family with you, alongside you. Um, and the Bible says this, all you have to do to be saved is to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess it with your mouth. And, you'll be saved. and so we're going to do that together. But then there is a second part of that, that we are called to be disciples, and you'll know that you're a true disciple if you bear fruit. So you're not just signing up to say, Jesus, come make me feel better. You're signing up to say, Jesus, come change me. Come harvest me. And so I'd love it if you'd say this with me together. Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And make me like you. Thank you for dying on the cross, for raising to life, and for preparing a place for me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you shoot your hand up? We'd love to celebrate with you. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And if you are online, would you do me a favor and put the little hand-raising emoji in the chat? We would love to connect with you. Uh, man, we are, we are so excited. I'm believing, I'm believing for a harvest in Legacy Church like we've never seen in this next season. I'm believing for it, and we are positioning ourselves for it. And I'll tell you one of the things that we are doing together. Uh, before I do that, actually, if, if you did say the prayer for the first time, um, we're going to try something new today. Would you do me a favor, uh, text SAVED to 949-771-7680. That's 771-7680. And then we're going to make sure we get a Bible in your hands. We want to get you into, uh, into essentials, and we want to come alongside you. 
But like I said, we are positioning ourselves for a harvest. And one of the things that we needed to do in order to go to the next level is bring someone on staff that can help us with our worship. It's been a great summer. I've loved leading worship for you. But we have actually brought on Grace Brown, who led us this morning as our worship director. And Grace, I just got to tell you, I'm excited. Yeah! <laughs> I'm excited because we, we need to go to the next level. And guys, I just want you to know, we're not just praying about it. We're actively pursuing it. God has something for us together. Now, one of the ways that we, we continue our worship is we do that through our tithes and our offering. And I'd love it if the ushers would come forward. Um, I'll tell you why I, I chose to do this at the end of the message today. Because it says that one of the fruit or one of the signs that you're bearing fruit is generosity. I don't say that to strong arm you. I say that to encourage you. We have an opportunity to sow together. This money goes to further the kingdom. And that's, that's kind of like a, a general thing that we all say all the time. Let me tell you, this money is going to buy things that we need to take with us on Saturday, the tiller days, to love on people. This money is going to rent this place so that we can have our worship experiences. This money is going to different ministry projects and different uh, departments so that we can have a killer place for the kids to go and to be safe and learn about Jesus. They're not just babysitting them over there, okay? They're, they're actually installing the word of God in kids so that from a very young age, they're able to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's powerful. And so I'd love it if you would uh, stand to your feet for just a second. We're gonna give in an offering. Uh, guys, come forward and then, Father, I pray that you would bless this offering. God, that you would use it to expand your kingdom in Tustin, in Orange County, and beyond. But Father, I pray that you would bless not just the gift, but bless the giver as well. That everyone who gives would have a, um, a blessing over their lives. Father, I pray that your goodness would be seen in and through the fruit that is given today. We love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we said, amen, amen. Hey, I, I want to close our service out today by thanking you. I say this regularly, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you chose to come and spend your Sunday morning with us. I know that in Orange County, there are a ton of options for churches, and uh, I might be a little biased, but I like this one. And, and I like being with you guys. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a part of this. And then I want you to know this. I love you. I don't say that cheesy. I mean, I genuinely love every single one of you, and I'm praying for you. We believe in you. One more thing, tonight, 5 o'clock, ask uh, Pastor Barbara. She'll give you the address for the Santa Ana place that we're going to be baptizing Robert and Xavier. But until we see you next Sunday, you guys are dismissed. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.